it is a massive program. Now, I'm so happy with the product, so happy. And there really is nothing else like it as a trainer or even as a fitness enthusiast resource out there. But as a first program, 400 videos shot three times, 13 months is the time to money duration. Like, thank God Eli stuck with me of 8482 Media. But that was a painful learning experience. With the entire theme of today's show being around online programs and courses, I wanted to give you an opportunity to save on some of mine. So whether it's Kettlebell Lifestyle or Mastering the Kettlebell, if you use code PASS20, you'll get 20% off. And then stay tuned. Starting January 1st is going to be the official launch of Athleticism for Life, my 30-day Bulgarian bag program, which I'm filming right now. And you'll be able to save big on that one too. So stay tuned for that. I'll include links in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other, and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. Today on The Path Podcast, we're discussing business. Now, specifically the business of creating, marketing, and selling an online program. I've learned so much over the years, much of which came through the pain teacher in creating, marketing, and selling the programs that I have, and also consulting a good handful of others in their programs. And so if you have an idea that you want to bring to the world to create greater financial freedom for yourself and for your family, an online course program of some nature can be an incredible way to go, but there is a lot of pitfalls. And so today I'm going to give you my top five areas to look into, to dial in and to consider to help ensure whatever you decide to create, it's profitable and makes as big of an impact as you so desire. At this very moment, I am knee deep in shooting, filming and producing my newest program, Athleticism for Life, a 30-day program with the Bulgarian bag. Now, I was supposed to be shooting, we're shooting this whole program in the woods, which is such a departure from all of my other programs and also how I've learned to train and teach, which has always been in the gym, in the gym environment, which for the longest time was really my sanctuary, was my church. And then in the recent years, I've really developed more of a connection and love and appreciation for being outdoors. And I thought of this idea, I said, you know what? The Bulgarian bag is such a phenomenal tool. You can take it anywhere. Why not show people that you can train outside? And also when I'm shooting this program to almost like feel more inspired, you know, to look around, look at the trees, breathe the fresh air. We're shooting it in the woods of Half Moon Bay, which is in a beautiful place in Northern California. Uh, however, one of the things that uh, that I realized is when you're outside, you're exposed to the elements. Not surprisingly, however, they have their own agenda. And so it was raining yesterday and today. So we had to cancel the shoot and I'm going to be shooting again tomorrow. We've done one day of filming and it was awesome. Super fun. Um, I loved it. I love the energy. I I just felt so good being outside and training and teaching. However, 
we have this space, this gap. So I thought, what better way than to record a live episode right now or, or an episode that is directly related to what I'm experiencing in this moment with the hopes that some of these tips will support you and your journey. If you're someone who has an idea, who has a vision, who has something inside themselves that you want to share with the world, you're just not sure how to exactly do it. So I'll, I'll take a step back. When I was 30 years old, so almost seven years ago, I'm right about to turn 37. So almost seven years ago, I made the full transition out of my family business, which was in the marble and granite industry, to following my dream, my passion of teaching, of educating, of creating the containers that if you're listening to the podcast already, you know all about. And I'd been a strength and conditioning coach for many years since I was 18 and always doing it on the side. But at 30, I really got the clarity that this was something I wanted to do for the next 30, 40, 50 years. I wanted to be a teacher of health, of performance, of fitness. And so once I had the courage to make that transition, it took me almost two years, two years to develop the courage and maybe some of the confidence to actually believe in myself enough that I could put out content and actual sell and sell content and provide online education and programs. So it took me almost two years to get to that point of working through a lot of limiting beliefs. And, you know, they, they were there present even during the shooting of that first program, Mastering the Kettlebell. But I knew it was something that I needed to do for my soul. And I had so much uh, experience and wisdom within that niche that could benefit many people. Up to that point, I was, or in that moment when I shot MTK, I was competing and I was competing at a high level in kettlebell sport. And I had damn near taken every single kettlebell certification out there, multiple levels. I had co-taught some certifications. So I had this experience and it was just burning inside me. I was like, man, I got to share this because there is a lot of gaps out there. You know, even in the certifications that I had taken, I don't think any at that point, maybe it's changed now, actually had a manual with pictures in it or even had none of them had a video accompanying program. And so when you're teaching movement specifically, it's really helpful when you can see and break down the movement, especially if most people are visual and kinesthetic learners. And so I took it upon myself and I partnered and teamed up with Eli Healthman of 8482, who I still shoot programs with. He shot everything that I have he has shot. So if you like the content, the quality of it, all the professional stuff, it's him. And I owe so much to that young man who's just a phenomenal human being. And what I learned very quickly though, is when I was shooting that program, I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. And so for today's episode, I want to give you at least five, five major keys if you have an idea, a dream, once again, a vision of something that you want to put out in the world and monetize it to support yourself and your family, and of course, give back to the world and help others, I'm going to give you five of the biggest things that I've learned from when I first started with MTK to creating Kettlebell Lifestyle, to creating the Path to Inspired Action, to now creating the Bulgarian Bag Program that I'm shooting right now. And then of course, consulting over these years, multiple other course creators. And I've taken a ton of course creation courses uh, and worked with many different business mentors. So what I'm sharing with you first and foremost comes from direct experience of the pain teacher. And if you apply what I'm sharing today, 
I not only believe it will save you months and months of time of from idea to actual getting the implementation of your course or program out there, but I'm pretty damn sure it's going to save a shit ton of frustration and also potentially tens of thousands of dollars, a lot of money. And so the first thing with MTK that I learned was, you know, I had this idea and I'm definitely more along the lines of a perfectionist. I want to give everything and I want it to be of the highest level detail. And so for my very first course, I said, shit, I'm going to create something that no one's ever done before. I'm basically going to create two to three certifications level of information and I'm going to put them in one program. I'm going to teach uh, assessments for each kettlebell movement, which is its own deal. I'm going to teach more of the uh, Russian style or kind of hard style technique. I'm going to take what I learned in kettlebell sport, teach all of that. Then I'm going to teach what I learned from Paul Check. Then I'm going to teach everything that I've learned in my own experience to make it my own. And lo and behold, it's an over 400 video program and took 13 months to produce. And going back to those perfectionist tendencies, I shot it damn near three times because I wasn't happy. And all during that time, I hadn't sold one program. It was 13 months before I actually sold the program and launched it. And so during all that time, I had damn near no income coming in because it was my baby. It was my project. And once again, it is a massive program. Now, I'm so happy with the product, so happy. And there really is nothing else like it as a trainer or even as a fitness enthusiast resource out there. But as a first program, 400 videos shot three times, 13 months is the time to money duration. Like, thank God Eli stuck with me of 8482 Media. But that was a painful learning experience, painful. And once again, while I'm happy I did it, I would do things so differently. And so one of the biggest things that I can say is in that program, I spent about 90 plus percent of my time of those 13 months creating the program, designing it, the ideas, the course content, the frameworks. And I only spent the very last minute when it was all completed, like 13 months later, to actually learning how the flip was I going to sell this? I got this great program but, oh my God, I don't even know how to sell it. And it took me a while. It took me, honestly, like two years almost to actually figure out the selling aspect of it because I had been such, I had been so conditioned in my zone of uh, excellence or genius is more in the teaching realm, but I didn't know anything really about selling per se, specifically selling online training programs or education programs. So I just thought, because if I create the best program possible I can, people will flock to it. And that wasn't the case, even with being known in the kettlebell space or some of the different groups that I'm a part of. No, it just didn't work like that. Uh, until actually I got on Paul Check's podcast and we discussed it. That was one of the big pivotal moments that got the exposure out there. But it was a long time. And so one of the first things that I can suggest is, you know, even before you create the program, well before, before anything, doing some market research, okay? Now, this can look in many forms. So I'm going to give you a few different tips on this, uh, all of which I've used multiple times, and there is many more. But really, you want to see, you know, who's out there that this program is designed for? What are the pain points that they're struggling with? What do they really want to experience? One of the best pieces of advice I got from actually a former client was, Mike, 
Never conduct a focus group in your head. And so for me, I developed all this year of knowledge and, and wisdom and experience as a kettlebell lifter and as a kettlebell coach. So I'm viewing it from that lens, from this very, maybe the top one to 3% of that space, which many of us being course creators, like we're sharing what we're best at, but it's sometimes very challenging to put our mindset in the eyes of the customer or the eyes of someone first getting started on this journey, which is why it's so important to do market research and actually see who in the world are you creating this for? What are they struggling with? And let that inform the program. So a few different ways you can go about this, depending on how your business is structured or depending also on the type of program that you want. Uh, first, I would do client interviews. Um, and sometimes it can be really helpful for you not to be the one who does the interviews because anytime someone talks to you personally, there's in, immediately going to be a bias. Um, whether it's conscious or unconscious on the behalf of the interviewee, they have a relationship with you. And they probably really like you if they're one of your best clients, especially, and you're trying to get them down to help you with this information. Um, they're probably going to be on the nicer side. Uh, now, of course, there are those people who give it to you straight, but unconsciously, there's a relationship there. There's a bias there. And so first thing, get out of your head. Don't conduct the focus group in your head. Second thing is, you know, do some interviews with some of your best clients and ask them, you know, what do they appreciate most about training with you? What have they gotten out of it? What were the, what were they, what was the thing they were struggling most with when they came to you? What keeps them up at night? What do they really deep down want to achieve and experience? And why do they want that? Now, once again, you can ask those questions and many more, but maybe even having someone else do it for you, like a dear friend, or if you have someone who's you know, good on the phone, or if it's a Zoom call. And I would recommend recording that on Zoom because there's a lot of body language and a lot of helpful stuff that you can, you can pick up on, especially if you're not the one running it. Now, another thing is if you have a social audience or an email list, you can put out a survey to them. You could ask them to hop on a call or you can just have a few questions survey and just really ask them for their help. By and large, most people, if you ask them for help that you wanted to create a program specifically for them and what they're struggling with, most people would be honored and very excited to help. So don't underestimate the value of what your audience and your community can give to you because really it's priceless. Another thing you can do for market research is whatever your space is or whatever your industry, I'm going to use kettlebells in this example. You go on Amazon, go on Amazon, type in kettlebell workout, kettlebell instruction, and then look at the highest level books or the highest rated books within that category. And then once you do that, I want you to look at the four and five star reviews, more specifically the four star reviews, and then the one star reviews. Now that gap and that discrepancy between four and one is really, really helpful because you're going to get to see perspectives on really what people are, are really enjoying and also what people are absolutely not liking at all about these books that are selling so high that people are really you know, selling tens of thousands of books. So you're going to get insight into what is it that people really want from these things or what are they getting out of them or what are the things that they really don't like? So take that information and catalog it. So I'd probably search the top 10 books in whatever the niche is, get as specific as you can. And then once you've got that, again, one in five star reviews. Now, this last thing that I'll share is actually one of the more valuable things. And it's valuable, most valuable for one specific reason. And I touched on it a little bit earlier. 
But if you go to Reddit, right, this, this online uh, forum, and you type in kettlebells or kettlebell workout, whatever it is, you're going to start getting to see the forums of people talking about kettlebell training. And now what's most important with that is you can type in specific search words. So you can put in, if the group is kettlebells, for example, you can type in pain or hate or something that gives insight to populate the threads where people are discussing what they dislike most about whatever they're talking about with kettlebells. Maybe it's someone else's program. Maybe it's you know, a specific type of workout about the kettlebells in general, how they compare to other things. You want to get as dialed in as you can with people's pain to figure out where are they struggling most. Now, the biggest value in this is when people are discussing in these forums, they have no idea that you're going there to look up for market research. And so when you go there, they're typically going to be conversing with other people as if nobody else is watching, which is so valuable because once again, as soon as, I don't even remember what it's called. I don't know if it's called observation bias, but as soon as someone knows they're being observed, they're going to begin changing how they respond, how they react to certain things. And that's why I mentioned in the beginning with the interviews, it's really helpful to actually have someone else do it. Because as soon as someone knows that they're one, just simply being interviewed, it's going to change the quality of their responses. And I'm not saying it's not valuable, but anytime someone knows that they're being observed or anything like that, you just really want to be mindful and put that little piece in your pocket or in the back of your head. And when you're looking at Reddit, you're actually getting to observe from a distance, from a witness perspective, what are actually these dialogues of what people are struggling with? And so are they injured? Are they in pain with their shoulders or do they hate this type of training? And so I can't stress enough doing the market research to get clarity on who you're speaking to, what problems the program solves before you even think about creating the program. I created MTK with what I thought everybody needed. And I'll tell you what, there is definitely people who need what I shared there, but it's a, it's a small percentage, percentage of the most diehard people who really want to learn the nitty gritty and be amazing with the kettlebell and learn damn near every single nuance there is on the bell. That's not necessary if I were to do it again, the first program that I would create if I had to go back. So market research is absolutely critical before you even begin thinking about creating a program. Now, the second thing that I would do, now I learned this lesson uh, when I was creating Kettlebell Lifestyle. Now, when I created Kettlebell Lifestyle, it's basically an accompaniment to Mastering the Kettlebell. So Mastering the Kettlebell is this all-expansive resource. Kettlebell Lifestyle is a follow-along workout program with kettlebells. And I had taken a course, actually two courses with a guy named Joe DiMaria, who's just one of the best business minds I've ever met. I met him first through at a talk uh, where he was plugged by Joe Polish, who's one of the best marketers of our time. And he was talking Joe DiMaria up and discussing you know, his, his company, Teach to Scale. So at that talk, uh, this was actually at the Spartan race a few years ago, uh, I pulled Joe aside and I said, hey, like I've created a program up to this point. It hasn't really sold, which was Mastering the Kettle, but I haven't figured that out. I'm about to create the second one and I really want it to 
deliver. I want it to support myself uh, financially. I want it to really, I want people to take it. And I want to also learn how to better sell the program I already have. And so he's got a program called Teach to Scale that I took twice, a 12-week deep dive. And I learned so much. One of the biggest things, these are all very big things, so I'm getting excited. But after the market research, one of the next things is creating leads you know, really starting to generate interest early on. So this topic can go quite deep. But what I will say is, if you have something to where you can start collecting interest for it, so maybe you put out like a one-page thing. Uh, You can look up online for lead magnets. Um, Sometimes they're called, they've got all sorts of names. But really, it's some type of free gift that you can give someone that solves a very specific problem. Typically, it's something that they can consume within, you know, the, honestly, the faster they can consume it, the better. But, you know, I would say within five plus or minus five minutes. So you, it's not usually the wisest thing to give like a, I mean, you could if you really want to over deliver, but like a 50 page ebook, I, that would, this would be really good for like a checklist or one type of video that you break down what you, what you do, not sorry, what you do, but what's a major problem that you solve. Typically for the free giveaway, just to give something in exchange for like an email, you want it to be some of your best stuff. You really do, but you also want the consumption, the time for a consumer to consume it to be fairly short. So very easy, not a high buy-in thing. They give an email and then you give them some valuable ass piece of content that will help them solve a problem. Now with that lead magnet, there's multiple ways to go about it. However, this is something where that market research would be really helpful. So as you're doing the market research to determine what type of program you're going to create, you can also try two to three different lead magnets. Once again, it could be as simple as a checklist. What are the 10 things? um, I'll just use kettlebell as an example. Um, The kettlebell clean. The kettlebell clean is one of the most difficult movements for people to learn because that kettlebell slams on the forearm and is really painful. So oftentimes, there's an actual physical pain teacher there when people are first learning the clean. So if I said, here's a 10-element checklist to ensure you never bang your forearms again on the clean, I would clean up that, quote-unquote, clean up that language, no pun intended. But that's something that would go really well. People always want to learn how to be more efficient with that movement. And oftentimes, they realize they have a problem because they're in pain. So a very brief checklist or one tutorial video, you giving your best advice within five minutes on how to solve and remedy that specific problem. Just to get people in the door, just for to have people uh, begin to develop a relationship with you and for you to start collecting emails and start building a list. So that way, when it comes time to begin the promotion, you've already got a bank of people that are not necessarily just on Instagram because if that platform cro- closes, all of your followers are gone. The goal is to take these other platforms, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and get them off of those platforms into your ecosystem, something that you own. So that way you're not subject to any of these platforms. For example, I've gotten hacked on Instagram in the past and it went down for a few days and I didn't know if I was going to get my account back. So all the time, the years that I had spent building up my Instagram could have been gone in, a, in, in just the flash of a moment. So it's really important to get people into your own ecosystem 
and one of the best ways to do that is deliver some type of free value that solves a specific problem. And I would start that right away, especially when you have the market research. And once again, maybe you create one one month, uh, a different one the next month, and maybe a different one the month after that. And you test out and you see as you're promoting it to your existing network, whether it's clients, social media, if you have an email list to friends, to family, you start seeing the response. And how is it being received? And it's also a great thing to do if you can leverage other people's audiences and you get on some podcasts. You can always deliver that at the end of the show. And then once you have that, once you have that email, and then it's up to you to nurture it. So it's to whatever it may look like, uh, sending a weekly check-in email or delivering some value content. It's going to take time to nurture this person for one, them to know, like, and trust you to, uh, and for you to really show that you know your shit and that you're in it to, to help people. And you know, I think people, people can tell and people can feel that through the quality of your content. The next thing that I would say is, and this is all before you even create the program. Well before, well before. So now that you got the market research, you've got some feedback in terms of the types of downloads and how are people receiving the major pain points. Now you can start, I would say, creating the sales page. Now, one of the most important skills that I've learned that is very helpful to develop if you're trying to market and sell online programs or online education is the skill of copywriting. Copywriting is what sells. If you can understand someone's pain points, what they're struggling with, what they're really challenged with, what keeps them up at night, and if you can communicate that in a language that is almost like a gift for them, if you can describe what they're experiencing and what they're struggling with better than they can, and when they read your sales page that discusses what problems you're solving and what, what your program is, for example, if they can basically, if there can be this type of response, whew, oh my gosh, this guy gets me. Oh my God, I feel like this guy's speaking directly to me. That is the type of response that you want when someone reads your sales page. With all this stuff, remember, you're only speaking to one person, right? Even when you film content, you're not speaking to the masses, you're speaking to that one person. And that's why... I mean, there's so many areas we can go in this in terms of tips, but I'm trying to keep this tight for you. Um, when I'm filming, oftentimes in front of the camera, I have a big, massive piece of paper with a name written down. And the name of that is someone that I know, typically an old client or current client that embodies the avatar, the person that I'm speaking to. So when I'm speaking to the camera, I'm envisioning that exact person. You know, what struggles do they have? Why do they come to me? Where's their body at? And so when you're creating the sales page, it's the same idea. You're writing it for one person who has this, these, these pain points. And as you write the sales page uh, and you really, you know, define the copy based off of the market research that you've done, then you sell the program. <laughs> you sell the program. What a novel idea before you've even gone to filming. 
And, you know, of course you need to have an outline of, of, of what you want to cover and, and all of that stuff, the duration of the program. You got to go through all because all that stuff needs to be in the sales page. Speaking a little bit more generality, you of course definitely need to have a rough outline of the program. Get dialed in on the pain point you serve, put that in the sales copy. And then now you've already got your list to market to and also your, your stuff. So from here, once you have it, uh, you want to sell it. And the best thing to do, and, and I was sharing in the beginning of today's show that I'm in the middle of shooting uh, the Bulgarian bag program. That's exactly what I did. I created a wait list. Uh, that was my version. I didn't do a full lead magnet for this one. But what I did do is months and months ago, I let people know that something was coming, that the program was coming. I had a page that if they wanted to sign up for the wait list, every single time I did a post on Bulgarian bag stuff, sign up for the wait list. And they signed up. And I had well over 100 people signed up for the wait list well before I even announced the pre-order. So that can be really helpful. And then you sell the program. Now, one of the best ways, and the reason why this is so important, because when I did MTK in the beginning, there was 13 months time to money. And so I had invested so much in, let's say, filming and time and energy, and I didn't even know if it was going to sell. And in fact, it took a while to sell. But now, if you sell it first, sell it first. And if you've done the legit research and you've, you've spoken to people, you have an idea if people want it, but you still don't know. The most telling thing if your program is going to sell is if it actually sells. <laughs> what a novel idea. And I, I had to learn this once again the hard way. And I learned this, I did this with Kettlebell Lifestyle and it was incredible. I did a pre-order, sold well over a hundred programs before even going to filming. Same thing with the Bulgarian bag program. I had written out the outline of the whole program because I already knew what I wanted to teach. Um, but I did pre-orders. And in just over four days, over the Black Friday four-day stint there, we sold, I think, over 70 programs. So with that money, I, I sold it at a much reduced price, okay, because it is a pre-order and the program's not ready. But what I did is I took those funds and now I'm already in the black. Before I've even gone to filming and invested in the production, which, and I'm going to give you some big tips around that when we get there. But before I even went to production, I was already profitable, already profitable, which is insane. As opposed to spending 13 months, not knowing if it's going to sell, creating this thing, putting your heart and soul in it, and then nobody buys it. Or it takes you years to figure out how in the world to sell it. Now you really know you've got proof of concept because, holy shit, people are signing up. So that's the next thing. Understand those pain points, write the copy, outline the program, sell the program. Typically as a pre-order works really well. Now the next thing that I will say, and there's kind of two routes to this, is really around when you sell, because I did these things slightly different. So for Kettlebell Lifestyle and the Path to Inspired Action, and I'm telling you, this is like full transparency right now. I'm giving you guys everything on how I've created these things, the wins, the lessons, a lot of the, the lessons and the pain teachers. But when I created Kettlebell Lifestyle, what I did is uh, I sold it as a beta program. And so I had shot a good deal of it, uh, I think it was at the time. But one of the best things that you can do, because production of filming costs a lot of money, a lot of money. Like no joke, I think the quote, I mean, it's, plus or minus 10 grand just for the bag program, just to produce it. That doesn't include all the other stuff. Now, what I want to say is that's absolutely not needed to begin. 
Because the biggest thing is getting this thing on the road and getting this thing rolling. And the most cost-effective way you can do it is when you sell it, sell it as a group coaching program, a beta group coaching program sold on Zoom. So what you would do when you, when you sell it, you run it live. So whatever the program is, could be training program, could be an art program, no matter what it is, whatever your duration is, let's say it's an eight-week program or an eight-week course, you run it as a beta program on Zoom. So you just have to define how many sessions a week it is, that sort of stuff. But that there's one incredible value in that because people are going to get you in person uh, or at least through Zoom. Whereas in the fixed program, uh, it's, it's a recording, which is valuable, but them having the feedback from you and personalized handholding is, is incredible. It's invaluable almost. So what you're doing is you're selling a group coaching program where you don't even need to go to filming yet. You just need your camera and your phone. Or the, I'm sorry, your, your laptop. Use that. Run Zoom. Zoom doesn't cost damn near anything. So your investment is incredibly low. I would sell it as typically in group coaching stuff, I found eight to be the highest number that I can run and really give people a quality experience, a lot of one-on-one time. Depends on the nature of your program. But if I personally had more than eight people that I was running on Zoom, uh, I would cap it at eight. And And I've done this multiple different times. I've done over eight and under eight. And eight seems to be eight or less seems to be the sweet spot. And so when you run it like that, you can reduce the cost because it is a beta program. And that's what I would sell. And then at the end of the course of the program, well, actually, as you're going through the program, you have your outline. But then one of the best things that you can do is you personalize it to the people there. So you don't necessarily need to create anything more than the first two weeks, at least of content. Because as soon as you're in it and you run that first call, you'll get so much information from what are they really struggling with, what tools to bring out, when to bring them out. So while I do think it's important to have the outline, you can just be straight up with people saying, I'm personalizing this, I'm creating this based off of you and what you really want and need. And that's what I've done for the PATH program. And it's been hugely successful. My uh, 11-week men's online group coaching program And I had the outline the whole time, but once I was in it and we're almost finished up with like week 10, so we think we got another week or two, I've been creating it as I go. As I go, so like I'm my my hand is on the pulse of these guys. And what it allow you to do is really be on the ground level with these people who have invested money to work with you to get feedback, to personalize it to them, to understand their pain points without spending much money. And then it's less stressful because you haven't invested all this time to creating 12 weeks and filming 12 weeks or eight weeks of a program that you don't even know if you're going to need to adjust as you go. And then at the end of it, you can get testimonials. So you can actually get real feedback. So now you've got even more proof of concept. People have bought the program. People have done the program. You've got authentic experiences and stories. And so, and then you get to practice too. If this is your first program, shit, one of the reasons why I shot MTK three times, one, because I'm insane. (laughs) But um, it was hard to be on camera. And it is still sometimes too. So, you know, that awkwardness, that's why, you know, even on the first shoot, I shot that program three times over 400 videos. Even on the first shoot, there was tons of retakes. I'd say two words and I would stop. And I was so hard on myself. But when you run it as a group coaching live version or on Zoom, 
you get to work out a lot of those kinks. You get to practice. How do you want to present this stuff? How are you? How is it being received? What's really landing? Should you maybe talk more about this? Is this stuff not actually needed? What are you going to cut out of the program? What would be beneficial to add? What can be bonus content? And you can really come up with a very dialed, dialed in course. And then after you've run a group coaching program at least once, and then, then if you want, you go to professional filming. You could still, you can, can still continue the group coaching offer. Uh, and that could be a secondary offer as well. People can buy the fixed program. So like a evergreen done for you where they follow on their own, or if they want a small group experience, now you can sell that at a higher price point because they're getting to work with you and getting all the feedback and that extra value. So now you actually have two programs that you could sell. But after you, you run that, now you've got money in the bank You've got a, a product that is tested that people want. You've dialed in your pain points. And now if you want to go to filming. And when it comes to filming, some of, man, there's so much here. Well, first off, if you do want to go to professional filming that route, I cannot recommend enough Eli Healthman of 8482 Media. He, is, he produces damn near all the programs for Mind Pump. He's produced a ton of stuff for Paul, Paul Check. I mean, he shot, uh, he did some stuff, I think, at Tony Robbins' place for Mind Pump. I think it was their podcast. He's just shot an ungodly amount of online programs for the best of the best. And he's just a pleasure to work with. So I, I mentioned him because filming can get very expensive very quick. And if you don't have someone who knows their stuff or even you know, when it comes to, especially if you're a, a trainer, a coach, a therapist, a lot of videographers don't understand movement. So if, if that's the niche that you want to go into, because... What you have to think about is they're shooting via their perspective. And you know, you might be prepared and come with a good shot list and all that stuff. But if they don't understand at all if it is movement, like you're going to be giving them a lot of corrections after the first iteration. And that's going to take a lot of time and probably cost a lot of money. But one of the things I love about Eli so much is one, he's fucking dialed but he knows movement. I don't have to tell him what's a good rep, what's a bad rep, what to scratch, where to focus the camera angle, focus this movement on the hips, focus this one on the shoulder. He gets it. We just go and we roll, which is why we actually are basically going to produce the entire Bulgarian back program. I mean, they're going to be long, they're long days. I've already shot one, almost like 10, 12 hours of filming each time. So it's quite challenging on me, but we are just so efficient with how we've done stuff. So the cost of production goes way down because I don't have to pay for more shooting days and then cameras and all that sort of stuff. So if you're prepared and doing that group coaching model, as I mentioned, can be so helpful. I chose not to do that for the bag program for a few specific reasons I won't get into, but I could have certainly done it as a group coaching program. And, um, yeah, there's a few reasons why I didn't, mainly because the new year's coming and I wanted to get this thing out and a few other things behind that as well. But uh, I could have certainly done that and dialed it even more. But I also have this relationship with Eli and I'm comfortable shooting. So I know that in basically one take, I can basically get you know everything that I want, one, two takes max. Uh, I can be very efficient. So again, I can't stress enough everything that I've shared to this point. So that's if you want to go to the professional route. But if you want to shoot it yourself, which you totally can, a few big tips that I would suggest. Um, and honestly, today, the iPhones are so good. Like a lot of times when I'm recording this podcast right now, I mean, I've got a nice camera, but just the ease of shooting off of an iPhone, 
Like I think I've got uh, an iPhone 14 that's shooting this right now. Super good camera. I actually have that as my second my second phone. So I've got one for talking and that one I only use for content. So the camera stays very clean. It's my one dedicated for work. I just use it on Wi-Fi if I need to get on the internet and post on it. So that's my content one. So you could use your phone that you have, but oftentimes, you know, when you have your phone in your pocket, the camera lens gets scuffed up. So I keep one phone just for that. And it's been great. And so you have a good, a decent enough camera. And what I will say is when you're producing this stuff, well, first off, the content is what's most important. Your information is what people are buying and what people are signing up for. The production is nice but it's not necessarily the biggest thing that sells. People want you, people want your information and your content. So the program has to be very good. And what I would say is invest in a decent microphone. People, when they're watching an online program, at least this has been my experience and what I've learned, when people are watching a program, the video is important. But if you have shit-ass audio, people will not want to listen and not want to follow the program. You could have great video, but poor audio, people will turn it off. But you could have great audio and decent, pretty, you need good video, but decent video and people will watch. So just make sure that your audio is good. And there's a, there's, I could include some links here that might be helpful, but Rode has a, a like a $300 mic. That's great. It's like, I th- or maybe it's less than that. Maybe it's 200 bucks. It's called the Rode Go. And it's a, a portable mic that you can just plug with an adapter into your phone. You can wear it on your shirt. You can also get a, a lavalier mic, which is the cord with the little speaker that attaches to your shirt. So that's a great piece of audio. Literally, you can fit it in a fanny pack with your phone. You can have your whole filming setup just in a fanny pack or in the top of your backpack, which is really nice, depending on where you want to shoot your stuff. So decent audio, decent video, and then just make sure your lighting's good because it's never any fun when like you're super dark or there's a bunch of shadows. So if you get one or two lights or two or three lights, you know how to light. Um, you know, the only challenge with a natural lighting, like we're shooting with the bag program is the variance. And so you just have to be prepared for that and it has to fit into the theme of your program. But that's basically it for like the most basic thing that I can re- recommend. If you're not going to go the professional route, it would be to look at, some just simple stuff that'll get you off the ground. But once again, since you've sold it, since you've already done all this work, you probably will have some funds and you already are profitable. So if you wanted to invest a little bit in getting some help from someone like 8482, or, you know, I've got friends, Freedom Builders, uh, they've done Ryan Sprague's program. They've done Jason Picard. Their, uh, Mike is uh, the head of that company. He's a good buddy of mine or a, a friend of mine that uh, we've done. A, we went to a retreat together. They're great. You know, you can hit them up if you want to go that route. And sometimes, honestly, that's really helpful because I will say I underestimated big time, big time how much goes into creating marketing and selling a program as you're already getting to understand. And once again, there is so much more to this stuff. If you want to monetize this stuff, if you want to create it just to create it, that's great. But if you're creating it to really help people and get it off the ground and support yourself financially uh, and have it be a business, then a lot of these things are important. And so, you know, these are all some big areas to think about. And sometimes, honestly, just getting even some consulting or 
you know, seeing what these guys offer and and just getting some context and some perspective. And then with that, you know, get a quote from them, you know, then see how it fits, you know, into your budget and and how it how it feels to you. But I would highly recommend uh, getting some advice or at least some guidance if this is your first thing, because, you know, I wouldn't want you to do what I did, you know, 13 months, go through it, not really make money until much later. And then once again, just be very frustrated that you've put this love in this program and it could be amazing, but it's just not selling. And therefore it's not helping any people. It's not making the impact that it's, you know, could be making. The other thing to discuss is when it comes to like some of the things to consider in the like the production and bringing this thing to life is the platform. You know, do you have an idea of where this thing's going to be hosted? Uh, now, there's a bunch of different platforms out there. The one that I included for most all my programs is Kartra, and you have Kajabi, Teachable, uh, Mighty Networks, and each one has its advantages and disadvantages. No platform's perfect. I chose Kartra. It was recommended to me by the guys at Mind Pump. I've loved it. But for example, it doesn't have currently a community feature. So I run my community features through Telegram. Uh, I used to run it through Mighty Networks. So you have to look at the platform. But what I love about Kartra as an example is it's an all-in-one platform. So I run my sales pages, the product creation, uh, my email stuff through it, uh, my membership stuff through it my help desk, affiliate management system. And when I'm, if I'm hiring someone else to help me with things or I'm doing it, I understand the language. I understand I can make things on my end. It's pretty it's simple and intuitive. You definitely got to spend some time learning it, but I feel empowered to do it. Now, I could go way off on the platform side and share more there, but I think you know, considering what you need, what's essential to you, and then looking at some of the top platforms to see what's, what's the hell yes, what are the clear no's, and what are you willing to negotiate? Because when you create your program, you might create it in the perfect vision, but then you have to consider, does this actually lend itself well to filming? And then does it actually work well with the way the platform's designed? Because like, for example, in an online program, um, you know, I'll just give you one quick example. Like when I program, typically when I'm programming for clients, I'll include sets and, and then rep ranges. And I can't, I, it's very hard to do that in an online program because I don't know who's taking it. I don't know really what load they have or what fitness level they're at. And also staying on pace with the camera, how long it takes you to do eight to 12 reps, how long it takes me to do, unless I gave very specific suggestions on tempos, it's really hard. And so originally when I first created these programs, I had the what I thought was the best program ever. However, when it comes time to actually communicating that through a camera, it might not work so well, which is why the vast majority of my workouts are all time duration, 30 seconds on, 20 seconds off. And then you can give specific recommendations based off of where someone's at to slow it down, do less reps, do more reps if they want to push it, but at least keeping... Uh, the theme of when you're shooting and, and actually having it be, if it's a follow along, for example, like I wanted follow along programs. And so if it's follow along, you got to make sure that everything fits well into the duration of the workout. Now, if you just wanted to write a program and then just shoot exercise to like tutorials or demonstrations, that's fine. You can certainly incorporate rep ranges there 
and that style of format. So you need to think about what type of program are you doing? What's the format conducive to that program? How will it be filmed? And then when you look at the platform and, and what are the limitations around how what the platform allows you to do or doesn't allow you to do, will this also be communicated well in the actual framework and format of what your pro- platform allows? So now let's move on to our final component. And this is really one of the most important things when you're taking something to launch. It's about building the hype. People want to be a part of something exciting. And if you're passionate about it and you're juiced about it, it will come through. And so, you know, really having a plan or a strategy heading into the launch uh, is very important. Now, already, you've already done once again, you've kind of already done a lot of the pre-marketing because you've done market research, you've interviewed people, you've created some lead magnets that hopefully are working well. You've already created a sales page. You've dialed it in a little bit more through the group coaching model. Um, And then now, if and when you choose to film it produced uh, and then actually do like a more official launch, not like a pre-order or a beta, now from there, You've already got a lot of hype built up. You've got the you got months and months of marketing materials and testimonials. Now you can use all that, create more hype. You've already been nurturing your your leads, and then you really got some 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 momentum going. So build up the hype is so so important as you're going into a launch, and just recognize one thing to take some of the pressure off is you will always be launching. Like, yeah, you might have an official launch of the program, but every time you hop on a podcast, every time you speak about it, you will continually be launching. There's always holidays. There's always things you can do to get creative. So, man, there's so much that we could go and do today. But these are some of the biggest things that, if followed, will save you months and months of time, tons of frustration, and once again, tens of thousands of dollars in creating programs that really make an impact and support you and your family financially. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you've got questions or for example, you do want to hop on a call and do a consulting session or just, you know, um, have a sounding board. I certainly do some one-offs on this work. It's not my primary focus, but I've just worked with so many different People created these programs that I've done, some uh, that have taken me, as you can tell, already a long time to figure out. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy. In four days, we sold well over 70 programs of the bag program. It's profitable. It's been the things that the workouts have been tested multiple times. Uh, people are excited about it. I know people want it. And uh, I'm, I'm just so beyond juiced and jazzed to be bringing this thing out there and supporting people in their fitness journey with the Bulgarian bag. So uh, yeah, hit me up if you got questions. If you do want to book a session, you can do so. Just write support at mikesalemi.io. I'll include the information for Eli Healthman of 8482 Media. And uh, yeah, I wish you uh, all the best. And uh, I guess just real quick, I just want to just give some shout outs of people to express some gratitude for those who have helped me on this journey. You know, I mentioned Joe DiMaria of Teach to Scale. He's been a huge mentor of mine, probably the biggest by a long shot when it comes to online course creation and many of the things that I'm sharing with you here. Uh, Mike Bledsoe, I was in his mastermind of the Strong Coach for a year. Um, you know, making the program profitable before you even shoot it was was a big takeaway from him. Worked with Anthony Trucks for over a year in his mastermind, who's an incredible human being. 
Stefan Rueda, who's my business coach right now, he's been phenomenal. So really getting outside perspectives, I mentioned 84, 82, you know, these are all a lot of people have helped me along the way. And without them, I definitely would not be where I'm at right now. And also being able to provide this perspective for you. So if you have an idea, if you have a dream, if there's something you want to get out there, I can't recommend it enough. It can be an incredible way to develop financial freedom for yourself, touch a lot of people, it's scalable, but you can also lose your ass on it. Like you can, it can be a very painful route as well. So I hope you take what I've shared to heart if you would like to put something out there and I wish you all the best. Much love, peace out. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours.